Welcome to the Jeff Knows Inc. Entrepreneurial Podcast with your host, Jeff Lopes. Jeff has over two decades' experience as a serial entrepreneur, building brands like KimuraWare from his home basement to a multi-million dollar global brand that has sold over a quarter million pairs of boxing gloves. Jeff's here to educate, guide, and drive you on the process of bringing your ideas and dreams to reality with the inspiring stories from some of the top business minds. Welcome to episode 162 of the Jeff Nozine Podcast and our season 7 finale, the one and only Jake the Snake Robert. Sit back everyone and enjoy. This podcast is brought to you by BetterHelp. With the current climate in this world, it's now more important than ever to take stock in your mental health and for once, take time to work on yourself. BetterHelp offers a personalized online counseling and therapy service that will connect you to a safe and private online environment. BetterHelp is here to assess you with your needs and match you with your own licensed therapist. It's a lot more affordable than your traditional counseling and financial aid is always available. Right now, Jeff Knows Inc. listeners get an extra 10% off your first month just by visiting BetterHelp.com forward slash Jeff Knows. That's right. Visit B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com forward slash Jeff Knows to get 10% off your first month. We are live. We're live on the Jeff Nozine Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Lopes. Super excited to have on today, Jake the Snake Roberts. What is up, brother? Just getting through it, man. Day to day. Christmas is around the corner. And, uh, you know, it's a special time. I got a lot of grandkids. and uh, How many grandkids do you have? A, a Ten so far. Wow. Wow. The family's growing. Family yeah, I expect, is... I expect uh, somewhere around... 2023 whenever so by the time it's over that's a lot that's a lot of christmas shopping well i have eight kids so yeah 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 that is amazing yeah it's a good it's a great time you know i mean i'm uh you know i I had some foot surgery done that was really more extensive than i thought going in i didn't know it was going to be like that you know and um it's finally healed, you know, three months. And uh, it was a lot of fun. You know, they, they uh, wound up putting a woman's placenta in the wound to help it heal. Stem cell is a good thing. And uh, I just didn't like the nickname I picked up, Pussyfoot. <laughs> um, I, I actually came up with that. Yeah, of course. <laughs> and, uh, you know, just, just a special time of year, man. It really is. Christmas is great. Yeah, it's always it's Christmas is always one of those special times of the year. Even as a kid, I mean, it's uh, I got two small ones, a thirteen and fifteen year old. So I mean, they're still at the age where they you can see they really enjoy it. I mean, it's it's, it's being oh, around, yeah. like you said, around your grandkids. It, once you're around kids, that's that's the whole idea of Christmas, right? I mean, yeah. Well, when you the, get when, the whole deal is they're not paying the bills. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But if the they didn't pay the bills, they weren't being damned happy about this shit. <laughs> when you get to a certain age, it becomes very. Uh, Meritualistic, or it becomes very just what you buy. It's not even an enjoyment. But once you're yeah. around kids, you still have the fun, the enjoyment of it, right? Yeah, I think I think the reason we have kids is because we want to stay young and we want to keep living like young people, and we want to, and we can reflect and and look at them doing the same thing that we did 30 years ago, and we feel young again too. So yeah, it's all good. Let, let's start off. Let's, let's let's jump back. Let's start off. What was your first interaction with wrestling? What age? 
With wrestling? Yeah, with wrestling. When was the first time you actually got walked into a wrestling school or or had some interaction with it? I know you started. Did you start off as a manager originally? No. Okay. No, I, I uh, as far as wrestling, it's been in my family my whole life. You know, yeah. my father wrestled, and uh, he was much bigger than me. He was seven foot, four hundred and twenty five pounds. What is yeah, a big man. Yeah, buddy. But, um, yeah, so I got introduced to it probably when I was like six or seven when he started. And uh, it was horrifying as a kid. Um, as a kid, he never smartened us up to the real and unreal aspects of the business. He would uh, play out his part at home, too, on us kids, which uh, scared the hell out of us. You know, we thought our daddy was going to get killed and all that shit. And uh, shame on him. I mean, he was wrong yeah. to do that. Really was. And the first step into it. Uh, but he never raised me. He was an absentee father. He, he had something better to do, whatever. He remarried, divorced my mother, remarried, uh, you know, pretty ugly picture. He was, he was a pedophile. Oh, gosh. Uh, a lot of ugly shit there I don't really feel like talking about. No, no. Just talked That's about fine. Other places. Yeah, of course. Today, so. But um, I, I was, I hated wrestling because I thought wrestling is what kept my father away from me. And that's not the truth. The truth was he was a dick. And he didn't want kids. He, he wanted to chase girls, you know, young ones. And um, that's what his life was about. And so I, I went through high school. I, I excelled in school, really good at grades. Never took a book home in my life. I just, if I heard it, I remembered it, you know. And I was one of those people gifted beyond everything and just really gifted and uh you know, did some sports and stuff and uh, graduated. I was the first person in my family to ever graduate high school, you know. Hell, um, I thought it was a pretty special deal. I thought maybe he might even show up, but he didn't. And uh, that, that kind of hurt a lot. You know, him not coming to my ball games hurt a lot. Um, so when I came out of high school, I wanted to go to college to become an architect. That's what I wanted to do. So leaving, uh, <clears throat> I went and visited him to remind him that I'd graduated and that I was going to go to college now. And his reply was, well, I hope you don't want anything from me. Why would I? You've not given me anything yet. You know, he never supported us. Uh, my my stepfather supported us. My dad never did shit for us. And, uh, When I went to see him and he came back with that attitude, he, he just couldn't say, I'm proud of you. You know, that's all I wanted. And, you know, he just couldn't say it. And uh, so a few nights later, I was watching the wrestling matches. He was performing that night. And uh, I'd had several beers. And uh, my young mind decided, gee, if you want your dad to love you, 
what you need to do is get in the ring and beat up one of those wrestlers, you know. That damn beer gets killed, man. (laughs) I went up and challenged a guy, and the guy knew who I was, thank God, because he could have really hurt me bad. But instead, he just kept me in the ring for about 15 minutes. He stretched me, a really horrible task. (laughs) How how old were you, roughly? uh, I was 18. 18, okay. 18, and uh, made me urinate on myself, and... uh, I didn't think that was possible, but it is. Um, had me squealing like a little girl. He hurt me, but he didn't. He didn't break anything. So I basically crawled out of the ring. I was hurting so bad and crying and all that. Man, I was a mess. And uh, my father met me at the door and looked at me and he said, "I'm ashamed of you. You're gutless, and you'll never mount to anything." Thanks. That's what I needed. (laughs) So um, I remember that night like yesterday. It really still hurts. And uh, that night's the night I made a deal with the devil. I I decided to uh, toss my dreams out the window of becoming an architect. I was going to become a wrestler and be a better wrestler than my father or die trying. And uh, the deal I made with the devil was I'll do anything I need to cheat, lie, steal, whatever, but I'm going to surpass it one way or the other. And uh, that was the commitment I made. And uh, that was the only commitment I honored. And I started out by refereeing, which was a, a wise move. Uh, I never went to a wrestling school. (laughs) I did the uh, trial and error method. Not smart. Because everybody that touched me wanted to make an example of me. Or they wanted to get even with my father. I was going to say that, yeah. A lot of that. Yeah. A lot of that. I'd be in a match and get whacked, man. What the hell was that about? Tell your old man. He'll know. What the fuck? Yeah. Why don't you go give it to him? Yeah. You know? <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I had a lot of that. But um, I didn't give up. You know, uh, I kept in there. I, I was probably the worst ever in the ring starting out. Because I knew I, I didn't know how to lock up. I knew nothing. And to come and to make it even worse, um, I had what I call a vapor lock. <laughs> when the bell would ring, I would freeze. And you could not bend my arms, you couldn't bend my back, my head, nothing. I'd just freeze. And then you'd go completely stiff. <laughs> you know? Was that more anxiety? Was that more anxiety? Yeah. Yeah. It's all anxiety. Yeah. And uh, I would hold my breath, so I almost passed out, you know. And uh, meanwhile, the other guy's trying to have a match with me, you know. Yeah. So I got punished in there, too. So that went on like that for about a year and a half. And uh, that's not easy to do because I was lasting on the average of six weeks to two months in each area I went before they fired me. Because I was the shits. I was horrible. Yeah. Horrible. Shouldn't even been in the ring. 
you know, but because I was big, they didn't mind beating me up. <laughs> yeah. But um, after exhausting all the places to go down south, I uh, was in Kansas City and a, a friend of mine uh, that finally got me out of that shell, that vapor lock thing, uh, was Buck Robley. And uh, he was the booker, so to speak, uh, ran things for Kansas City and uh, my boss and my friend. And uh, he had kept me off television because he knew that if I went on television, that my time would be even shorter you know, yeah. in that area. So he kept me off TV and hell, I've been there six months. He was trying to help. But um, I think he finally figured out what the problem was. And uh, he called me one morning, the TV day. So I knew I wasn't going to do anything. And he called me and told me to come up to his apartment, which was just above me. I went up and he says, roll us a joint. What? Roll us a joint. Okay. Roll us a joint. Light it. Okay. Smoke it. Okay. (laughs) Roll us another one. And another one. This was pretty good weed. (laughs) And I got to where I couldn't even talk. I was like, (laughs) and uh, really messed up. And uh, that's when he said, go get your gear. You're wrestling today on television. (laughs) No way, man. No way I can do that, dude. Had the best match of my life. Because I finally relaxed. Relaxed. You know? Crazy. It's crazy, Uh, huh? Released it. Yeah, yeah. And from that point, I started shooting straight up. I mean, it was crazy could not believe why why I've been stuck in that vapor lock bullshit for so long when all I had to do is just go out and have fun. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. It really pissed me off. Yeah. But sometimes you just in life you just need those trigger points, right? Those just, yeah, man. just snap so, it. Buck told me, he says, I think the problem is you can't go out and perform as something else because everybody in the locker room knows you and and you don't want to be a phony type thing. Yeah. You want it to be you. So you've got conflicting stuff there. So what you need to do is go someplace where nobody knows you and start there. So, okay. Whatever you say, Buck. And uh, about three days later, he called me and says, you're going to Vancouver, British Columbia. God damn, Buck, we don't have to go that far. I mean, I don't know anybody in Montana either, you know, or Denver even, or New Mexico, or L.A. How about Miami? But no, it was Vancouver, British Columbia. Worked for a guy up there called Al Tomko and Gene Kaniski, a world champion at one time. Yeah, uh, yeah, big name. Yeah, I wrestled Gene uh, twice. Horrifying. He was a big, uh, he was a big man. He was a big man too. Yeah. But at the time he was, you know, he was closing. I mean, you know, he was in his sixties. Yeah. And, and he was in tremendous shape. Yeah. He ran like five miles a day. At at that age, huh? Crazy. Yeah. And he could run circles around me and and blow me up, but he didn't even have to do that. He just tied me in knots and then untied me without me even knowing it, you know, and, (laughs) 
he'd have me in a hole and all of a sudden he'd move around a little bit. And he goes, Hey kid, quit selling. You've got me now. You just reverse that. Holy shit. I did. Didn't I? <laughs> I didn't do shit. He just moved me. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Then I, I wrestled a guy named Moose Murawski, yeah. an old timer that, uh, that was my first sellout. We sold out the P&E Gardens there in Vancouver, man, uh, two weeks in a row. And uh, that was pretty pretty amazing, man. Um, Jesus. What, what was your what was your what was your 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 performance name or your stage name at that point? Did you just go under your normal name or you had a name? Uh, I was going under uh, Jake Roberts. Okay, just Jake Roberts. Okay. You know, uh, before it had been Jake Smith. Um, yeah, and then when I was refereeing, it was Fred Platt. That was a guy I grew up with. My dad just said, "Tell me, tell me one of your buddies' names at school." I'm like, "Fred Platt's one." Alan Murphy goes, oh, "We're going with Fred Platt." And that's the announcement is Fred Platt. Fuck, you know. <laughs> but <clears throat> I did Vancouver. Uh, after Vancouver, I um, had booked a trip to Japan and went over there for <laughs> eight weeks. That was a reality check. Their and level, was, their level was higher. Their level oh was pretty, my god! Yeah, yeah, they were they're, they're, they're they're killers. Were, yeah, yeah, yeah. Their they're level killers. was their training is at a different level at that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We should be ashamed of ourselves, yeah. you know, compared to them. But I went over there and um, and worked for eight weeks, and then on the way back, I stopped in Hawaii for two weeks and enjoyed some sun, and I was headed to Calgary. I'd never been to Calgary. I'd never heard of Calgary. What time of year was this? Because Calgary gets it pretty was, damn cold. It was cold. Yeah. yeah. It was, I'm, I'm from Toronto, it, and Calgary is a, is, is a different level of cold. It's December. Yeah, it's cold. It's yeah. cold. And, yeah, lots, it's of, and lots, of, lots, of, lots of snow already there, too. Oh, yeah. So uh, when I got on the plane to come to, to Calgary, people were just looking at me and shaking their heads. Because <laughs> I had on a pair of cutoff shorts. <laughs> And a tank top. That's it. I didn't have a jacket with me. <laughs> when, when we landed in Calgary and they opened the door of the plane, man, I nearly shut myself. I could not believe how cold that was. Yeah. And uh, so I got through the airport and uh, I got a taxi. We went straight to the bay, I think it was called, yeah. and went shopping. And bought all sorts of warm shit. The Hudson, the Hudson Bay, yeah. Yeah, then I went to this. Uh, your, your memory is on key, man. I, I love it. They uh, remember all these little things, these names. That's awesome. I uh, was in Calgary now, and it's, uh, you know, 20 below outside and all that crap. And uh, met Stu for the first time. Yeah. Wow. Stu Hart. And the heart children, of course. And uh, I was staying where all the wrestlers that came to town. Before you continue this, what does Stu Hart mean to you? That you took a deep sigh there. I love him for the the opportunity that he gave me. Yeah. uh, He really abused those kids, man. He did. Oh, God, did he? I've read stories that he was very tough. Oh, my God. Yeah, uh, there's times, there's a, 
and would strangle somebody till they pass out. I call that abuse. You know? Yeah. When you hip toss your children down the stairs, I call that abuse. Yeah. Um, you know, but he, you know, he loved them. No doubt about that. And they loved the shit out of him. He was just a tough guy. And, and these kids deserve something because they were rotten to the core, man. Oh my God. You know, they, they would steal his cars and sell them and do shit like that. Yeah. New Cadillacs <laughs> and sell them. And Stu would go, hey, has anybody seen that caddy, the green one? I, I can't, I haven't seen the scene in a week. What the hell happened to it? <laughs> Smith Hart, the oldest boy, he'd take them and sell them. <laughs> Whatever. But um, working there was an opportunity to work uh, main events. and Because uh, it's a whole different animal working main event than it is working first match. Yeah. Um, Mindset's completely different. Uh, you got to take care of more. You actually work less. Uh, the prep- but the preparation is probably a lot more too, no? Yeah, you got to be more in tune with what you, your storyline is and all yeah. that. Yeah. You're on first match. There's no storyline. Go out there and perform. Yeah. And you have to work your ass off, <laughs> yeah. you know? But, uh, yeah, working in Calgary was – an eye opener. It was a great opportunity for me to move up the ladder. Um, quite the experience going through blizzards, uh, <laughs> uh, going through my first Chinook. Are you familiar with the Chinook? <laughs> yeah, of course. From Canada. Yeah. Okay. Here's what happens, folks. I went to bed and it was 30 below zero, four feet of snow. Yeah. All right. When I wake up, I'm sweating my ass off, almost out of breath because it's so hot in my room. And I go over to the the radiator. They had the old radiators. And it was hot as shit. I'm like, what the fuck? You know, and I look outside and there's no snow. Yeah. The snow's all gone. What the fuck? And I touch the glass and the glass is hot. What the hell? How many months have I been asleep? I thought I was Rip Van Winkle, man. I thought I passed out and didn't wake up for several months. But that didn't make sense because wouldn't they kick me out of this room? I was really confused, man. And uh, then that happens every now and then. The westerly winds off the ocean shoot yeah. through the canyons and come right into Calgary and warm it up. But then that night it dropped back down to, to yeah, 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 yeah. We did some of that and. We had quite a few really crazy experiences up there, you know, and, you know, going to Stu's house uh, to work out because he had a, a weight room slash wrestling match, death chamber uh, down in the basement. And if he heard the weights being jingled, that was his cue to come down and uh, teach. Yeah. Uh, he's going to give you a lesson that you do not need. <laughs> Unless you want to become a mass murderer, then you should learn this. But uh, no, he was he was wonderful, man, and uh, certainly the most incredible wrestling mind ever. Yeah, he knew more about how to break bones than anybody else ever has. He was a tough, tough man, huh? Oh my God! Yeah, you have no idea yeah. the things that he could do to a human body. <laughs> 
I mean, my God, dude. But if, if you think of the lineage, like the, 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 the amount of wrestlers that have come out, that came out of there, it was incredible. Oh, yeah. Incredible. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I, a lot of it was because if you, if your career was going well, you would not be there. Yeah. Okay. Because this was for a great pace to learn because you'd get the opportunity. The reason you got the opportunity to learn or to get in the ring is because if you were pretty good at your art, you wouldn't be there. You'd be someplace making real money because yeah. yeah. we weren't making much money. I think I was doing like 400 or 500 a week for seven days, you know, and, uh, and putting your body through so much. Yeah. Stress. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the weather and everything else that went with it. And, oh my God. But I was up there learning with another young guy named Junkyard Dog. Yeah. I read that. I read that. Mr. Ritter. In fact, I believe that we had the first ever ladder match. As as, yeah. as I'm looking in the background, I see a ladder on on the wall there. But uh, yeah, all up there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that that's that's yeah, with DDP. We'll, we'll talk about that after. So, how what what's obviously how was your relationship with Junkyard Dog? Because everybody says Great. he was quite the he was such an amazing human. No, yes, you looking okay. around. I know him real well. <laughs> JYD, like myself, had a uh, addiction problem. You know, and, uh, he didn't. He didn't get away from his. I was able to get away from mine. Hey, quick question for you: Are you someone who wants to be fit, healthy, and happy? And what if I told you you could get your dream body by simply just listening to a podcast? I'm Josh. And I'm KG. And we are the hosts of the Fit, Healthy, and Happy podcast. Listen, we get it. Fitness isn't easy. Carbs, no carbs. Just stop, okay? It doesn't have to be that complicated. And that's why we made this podcast. We get straight to the facts so you can become your best you. So the way to check us out is click the link in the show notes or search Fit, Healthy, and Happy podcast on any of the major podcast platforms. We'll see you soon. Did you guys make it, you guys, once you came from the Stampede, did you guys continue up the route together or the ones head off first? Well, I, I went to uh, Mid-South and uh, told them about him. Yeah. And I got him his job in Mid-South. And once he got to Mid-South, brother, the roof blew up for him. You know, he became, he, he went from being Sylvester Ritter to Junkyard Dog. And, um. Once that happened, it was, you know, the sky's the limit. Yeah. And uh, he was off and running. You know, yeah. He ran real hard, man. And, uh, you know, he went from there to New York. And after that, it was over, you know. But then, of course, him dying in a car wreck. Yeah. How, uh, where, where, let's talk about your nickname. I mean, not no, your stage name, the snake. And and where was your first introduction to the snake? Because I remember reading a little article that uh, if I'm correct me if I'm wrong, you were terrified of snakes to start. Yeah, yeah, I am. You still are. Oh yeah. Interesting. Yeah, can't, okay. Can't stand them. Uh, won't have them around me at all. Yeah. The only time I wasn't afraid of that snake was when the bell would ring. And at that point, 
that guy that walks through that curtain can't be hurt. You know, I have no, I have no pain. I feel no pain. Um, nothing stops me. Never give up. Uh, I'm going to go out and perform. Fuck the snake. I don't give a shit. And right on, even when it bit me out there. Yeah. Um, one time Steamboat had to pull it off of me because it choked me out, you know, during a match. Uh, was this, was this, was this, toe to toe. was this live TV? This, was this live TV? No, this was uh, in Indianapolis. And I had the snake around my neck and I'm hitting Steamboat. He's got the uh, Komodo dragon. Yeah. Yeah. I remember you know, that. <laughs> and he's chopping me. But um, at some point, I just remember car lights coming at me. So you're and, really uh, choking him. And I went down. It doesn't take that long. No, no. They don't. They don't strangle you. They they hit those these carotid arteries in your neck. Yeah. They cut the blood flow off to your brain, so you pass out. But they'll still hold on to you till you die. <laughs> Great deal. Then they release. But um, yeah, man. Steamboat had to rip him off of because uh, I was out. I was completely out. And um, I just remember coming to and remembering what Vince had said. If that snake ever gets in the audience, don't come looking for me. You're fired. And as I look up, the snake is still, the tail of it's still in the ring, but over half of it's in the crowd. And the crowd is scattering and people are getting hurt. And so I grabbed the tail of it and jerked real hard and ripped it back into the ring. So probably saved my job. <laughs> so yeah, so who job. first introduced, who gave you that idea? Was it your own idea for the snake or who gave you that idea? Yeah, I'd come up with that idea years before. And yeah. uh, I even took the idea to Bill Watts, you know, who owned uh, Mid-South. Yeah. And his reply was, this ain't no fucking circus. God damn. Just work harder. <laughs> right. This ain't no circus. Really? You got the junkyard dog. You got Jake the snake. Come on. Really? You know, you got cowboys and Indians. Yeah. What, what is this then? You know? <laughs> but he didn't want to hear it. Because um, I was wrestling a guy called Lord Humongous at the time. Yeah. We had a hockey mask going all the time. Okay. And, uh, he would headbutt me, of course, and bleed. The, I'd bleed everywhere with the with the hockey mask on. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It wasn't no circus, though. Okay, right. <laughs> so my idea was to put a snake in a bag, and that would be my evening. You know what would square us up? Yeah. You know, the mask thing. You know, Bill's idea was here's a great idea. You wear a mask too. Oh yeah, that's a great idea, Bill. <laughs> Fuck. Give me a break, man. Really? <laughs> it's the best. Okay, we'll do it. Yeah. So, Ricky, I'm going to throw some names out there. Uh, Ricky the Dream, uh, uh, Ricky Steamboat. Um, what was your relationship? Do you have any good stories with him? Oh, we just had a great time in the ring, man. Uh, yeah. very. He's very talented, too, huh? Oh, it was awesome, man. Him and I together, we never even talked to each other. Yeah, we just go out there and do our shit, man. You know, he understood. See, back in our days, we didn't go out and rehearse matches. You know, yeah, that didn't happen. 
you know, you weren't even allowed to be around the bad guys or the good guys. You know what I mean? Yeah. Take fade guys at all cost, even over a good match. You know, okay, never mind. But, uh, you know, Steamboat was a phenomenal performer, man. Uh, he, he had the art of selling down, you know, and, uh, and for a great baby face, you've got to be able to sell because that's what gives you gets you the sympathy from the crowd. And that's what gets the crowd involved and in cheering you on so you can come to your come up to your feet and make that comeback, you know. And yeah. he knew it. But we just go out there and have a blast, man. Yeah. Steamboat and I, man. We, we were close, bro. Yeah. What about uh what about Macho Man? On the other hand, <laughs> <laughs> I did. I, I, He's I a psycho, a, man. He's a psycho. I, I remember. What you see is what you get. All right. Uh, Diamond, Dallas, me, Diamond Dallas Page told me I told a whole bunch of stories of him, and I was just like laughing my head off, man. He said the exact same thing. What you see is what you get with him. There was no, yeah, there was no out of character ever for him. No, no, no. And see, the problem with me is, is that you know I wound up slapping Elizabeth. And um, little did I know that her family is from the back hills of Kentucky. They believe in that wrestling. (laughs) And you told us, you promised us that our little baby girl would never get hurt. You'd protect her. Will you lying son of a bitch? Don't you ever come back to our house again. And threaten him with a gun. Get the hell off our property. Wow. Yeah. So he comes back to fucking WWE going, I gotta do something. I gotta kill this son of a bitch just so I can get even for the family. So we had to cut the program short because they wouldn't even allow them to be together. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Great. Fuck. He was he was that intense, huh? You know, I I was able to manipulate Randy, you yeah. know, um, out thought him. That's not real hard to do. Um, you know, he would come to the ring and he'd be on fire and he'd just be throwing everything he could at you. So all I would do is just block, 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 lean on him, lean on him, lean on him till he blew up. And then he, once he ran out of gas, I could do anything I wanted to do with him. You know, because he was like a, a baby then. He's like, uh, he couldn't even lift his arms, man, because he had gassed out kicking my ass. Well, who looks tough here, Randy? I think I do, because I survived it. Went ahead and did what I wanted to, but yeah, it was tough, man. But I enjoyed it. Uh, I didn't mind getting hit hard. I, I kind of like that, you know, and um, I, I give what I get. So, I don't have a beef with that. Yeah. You know, just don't break my don't break my nose or my teeth, man. That's all I ask. <laughs> you know, other than that, lay them in. So, when did you first meet uh, DDP? Oh God, in the eighties, uh, I was coming back from Miami, I believe, and I stopped off in Fort Pierce, and there was a bar there. I just I gotta have a drink. And I went in and bada bing. Is that, was, is that is that when he owned the bars? Yeah. 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 He, he was, he had known it. He was running it. Running it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Norma Jeans. Yeah. 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 It was a good spot, man. And uh, 
then I'd see him again here and there. And everywhere I turned around, he'd show up again, you know. And uh, then I see him managing. And I thought it was really funny because uh, the manager's bigger than his talent, you know. <laughs> it's not good. Which now I'm going through that, you know. Thank God I got Lance Archer because I'm not bigger than he is, brother. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, he just kept showing up, man. And then, uh, you know, I kind of kept my eye on him, man, you know. And he came to me and he, and he wanted me to train him. And I asked him how old he was. And he told me, I'm like, dude, it's a little late. And uh, he said, well, that's what Rick Flair told me, too. I said, oh, Flair told you that? He said, yeah. I said, then I'll train you because I'll it. prove Flair wrong. I love it. And um, and I did. Yeah. yeah. It's amazing how like he 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 holds you on such a pedestal when we we're talking. Like he obviously you're very close to him and he appreciates everything you you've done for him and the way he talks about well, you is it's pretty amazing. The thing about the thing about Dallas is this, man. He understands he's not the prettiest, the smartest, uh you know, on yeah. and on, but he's smart enough to know it, accept it, and to go get help. Yeah. And he knows where to go get the right help. Yeah. And he's done that his whole life. I mean, in DDP yoga, he, if he didn't know it, he'd go find it. He would learn about it. He would explore it. Yeah. He would test it. He would hold it. He'd put it in his mouth, chew on it, everything, man, just yeah. to feel it all out. And he still does that today. Yeah. And uh, nobody, 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 nobody has ever worked harder than him. Yeah. He is unstoppable. He does not know when to give up because he won't. He'll yeah. stick with it till he wins. And thank God he's like that, or I wouldn't have made it either. Because Lord knows once I moved in with him, I did some things that I should have had my ass kicked out of the house and had my ass kicked too. Yeah. But he wouldn't give up on me. He said, no, man, we start again tomorrow, brother. I'm not giving up. And, and that's what helped me get through it. Because you don't do drugs and alcohol for 40 years and quit overnight. <laughs> you know, um, it took nearly two years for me to get it right. And, it's, and it'll be, I'm in like anything when it comes to addiction it's it's not it's 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 the rest of your life it's every single oh, yeah, day, it's it a new day right yeah yeah well you know I, i'm so i guess i'm fortunate or foolish one um i've reached a place in my life now that i don't think you can make me do it i love it you know it's amazing uh, the smell of alcohol makes my stomach turn good when i when i walk down the through the airport and I start getting close to a bar I hold my breath because the smell of beer makes my stomach burp, burp, you know? and uh, even somebody sitting next to me on the plane drinking wine oh my god I gotta turn my head I can't stand the smell of it you know and I'm grateful for that Yeah. Um, as far as the cocaine and stuff brother ain't no way in hell Good. Ain't no way in hell. And, uh, you know, I just had all this foot surgery and shit done, and I've done it without painkillers, man. Yeah, I was about to say that's uh, yeah, amazing. And, 
I'm I'm not ever going to do that shit again, man. No, because uh, I got away from it once. I don't have it in me to get away from it again. Yeah, you know, if I was to go down, I don't think I'd ever get back up. Yeah, uh, that's what I'm telling myself. So maybe that's what keeps the fear alive. But but, it's, uh, but you're being honest with yourself too, right? I mean, you, it's you, a healthy fear. It's a very healthy fear, and it's and yeah, it's and it's, and it's something that keeps you focused and and on the narrow yeah, road, man, which is so important. Kidding me? And another thing that keeps me sober is helping other people. Yeah, I love it. You know, because yeah. uh, I, I do help a lot of people that are still struggling in the business and out of the business. Uh, I'm very fortunate to be working for somebody now that actually cares about the talent. You know, Tony Khan. Yeah, and. Um, I think that's one of the reasons he has me around. Yeah. You know, is to talk to these guys when I see them doing stupid shit and I know why. Yeah. That I can talk to them, you know, and be straight with them. You know, I mean, nobody wants to hear from a pastor that you don't drink. Screw you, pastor. You've never been there. Yeah. Yeah. You want somebody with experience. Exactly. That's that's lived a life. Yeah. So, that's where, that's where, you know, that's where he does that, brother. Bro, I'm getting pretty tired here, man. 100%, brother. I just, I just want to say thank you for all this, man. This has been uh, a pretty amazing. Uh, yeah. When you do, when you do yeah. your tour, do you come and do you come and do you come to Toronto at all? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've been to Toronto. I'll be back up there. I'm not sure when, but I got something else I want to put out there. 100%. Um, starting January 1st, uh, there'll be another podcast on the market called, uh, DDP's snake pit. Love it. So what it is, is me and Dallas just sitting together and going on. I love it. And, uh, I think you'll find it very enlightening. Um, one thing that we're doing is we're talking about the TV show heels. Yeah. Uh, we're going to go through each segment and talk about what we think and see Yeah, and uh, how they're doing it. I don't know if you've had a chance to see it yet. No, I haven't, but I know what it is. But uh, yeah, I mean, you just, should, you should just, check just, it out. Just your 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 personas and just you two as friends knocking off each other, and obviously oh, you guys yeah. have the names that come. You'll have the following just by the your your obviously your career. So it'll be success no matter what. So I'm I'm excited to see yeah, that. I'm I'm real happy about it, man. I've been wanting to do it for a long time. So yeah, uh, we're gonna do that and. Uh, are you guys doing it in? Are you guys doing in studio together or? Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. 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 Yeah, we're going down to the uh, performance center there in Atlanta and doing it. And, yeah. Uh, couldn't be happier about it. But uh, yeah, I'm still doing a. I'm still doing AEW. I'm just waiting for Lance to heal. Yeah. Uh, he hurt his neck. Uh, doing something a 275 pounds should never do. Yeah. A backflip. You don't need to. It's so, it's, it's so crazy after all these years you're still involved in the same sport yeah man well i got a chance to go back and yeah. uh and i thank aew for that man because you know it had been 20 years since i've been in the ring yeah. when i went in and cut that promo on, on cody and uh, it was one of the most incredible feelings in my life yeah the fan reaction it's like I'd never left. Oh, yeah. It, they just went absolutely bonkers. Well, you've, you've, you, you have to realize it, and I'm sure you do, but I mean, 
growing up, even myself, I'm 40, I'm 44. I mean, you're my childhood, right? Growing up, yeah, you were like somebody we looked up to, we watched and, and in Canada, it was, it was once a month, they had the Saturday night special. And that's yeah. when you finally saw the big names fight each other. Like that was, I might, I might fall asleep on the couch. My dad would wake me up at 11 PM at night to watch yeah. it with him. Like, these are all memories you can't take away. Right. Yeah. Uh, Maple Leaf gardens. Like it, it is yeah. just childhood memories, man. It just, well, so, you know, that's why I go out and do comic cons and things. Yeah. Cause I get to meet the fans. I get to hear those stories. Lots of times there's tears involved because yeah. maybe the person that they watched it with is gone now. Yeah. Oh, well, for that's, me, that's, to, that's, I just lost my me, dad. I lost my dad recently. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. See, so, so for me to hear all these wonderful stories and see how affected they are. Yeah. It just tells me that Jake, all those years that you were out there killing yourself, it did matter. Oh, hundred percent. It mattered a lot. A hundred percent. Well, see when you get down and out, man, it's pretty easy to say shit don't matter. Yeah, yeah. But I'm not down and out anymore, man. I'm I'm up at the top, rolling with it, rolling in it, having a great time. Uh, I'm proud of you, brother. We're gonna try to stay healthy. We got some things we're dealing with. But we're gonna try to try to keep it in the middle of the road anyway. Yeah. But uh, those podcasts will be coming out after the first year. Check us out. Let us yeah. know what you think. I wish you the best. I'd like to come yeah, yeah. back on and do another I, one. Sometime. I love that, brother. Love that. Well, let's wait a month or so. We'll do it. Thank you, brother. Take care. That's a wrap for today. I want to thank our guest, Jake the Snake Roberts, for taking time on his busy schedule to be a guest on the Jeff Nozine podcast. What a great conversation. If you guys enjoy this as much as I have, like all weeks, tell your friends, tell your family, spread the word. We're trying to build something special here. Leave a review. Five stars will be absolutely amazing. Myself, my team love spending time reading the reviews. Until next week, guys, keep moving forward. This podcast is brought to you by BetterHelp. With the current climate in this world, it's now more important than ever to take stock in your mental health and for once, take time to work on yourself. BetterHelp offers a personalized online counseling and therapy service that will connect you to a safe and private online environment. BetterHelp is here to assess you with your needs and match you with your own licensed therapist. It's a lot more affordable than your traditional counseling and financial aid is always available. Right now, Jeff Knows Inc. listeners get an extra 10% off your first month just by visiting BetterHelp.com forward slash Jeff knows that's right visit b-e-t-t-e-r-h-e-l-p.com forward slash Jeff knows to get 10% off your first month